Welcome to Apple at Work, the podcast all about Apple and the enterprise. My name is Bradley Chambers, your host as always. This week we have first-time guests on the show, but uh, probably no name to uh, those in the Apple admins community. Harold from SAP. Harold, welcome to Apple at Work. Thank you, Bradley. Thanks for having me. Uh, you're your LinkedIn is one of my favorite ones. And anytime you post, it is a, a can't miss on something happening uh, for, for Mac admin. So the work that SAP has done is, is I, I dare to say, legendary in the, in the Apple admins community. So to kick off the show, can you give our listeners just a little bit of a backstory about you know, what, what your role is at SAP? Sure thing. Uh, so yeah, also first, uh, thanks uh, for the feedback on, on the LinkedIn topic. Um, yeah, so I'm actually heading the Mac team within SAP's IT department. So we are responsible for um, all of the end user devices. Um, at the moment, we have around 38,000 active Macs globally, um, as well as a couple of apps that um, uh, a few of you probably already used in the past couple of years. Yeah, it's, um, it, you know, it, yeah, after this will pass shows, like for some of us old timers, like seeing where Apple is in the enterprise is, is I think, just astounding. And uh, I think it's largely a testament to the work that the um, community has done. Like, you know, even internally at a, you know, at a company, if you're like the, the Apple guy, the Apple gal, like you become an evangelist for how great Apple is at work, because the more I dare say, like we legitimatize Apple at work, but like you just we or evangelists and like, like, Hey, this is like a great ecosystem to build your company around. Um, but one of the things that SAP has done that I think has been really, really cool. And I think a perfect example of, of building for yourself and then you know, enabling the community is you all have built a lot of open source applications and just have freely given them away to other Apple admins at, at, at different companies. Um, before we start and run through what those are, like, what was the focus there? Like, why did you all decide to open source these applications? I'm um, sure thing. So um, that all started actually around 2016 when I joined SAP. So back then, um, SAP was um, or had the opportunity to um, start an official relationship with Apple. And the most well-known outcome of this um, is an SDK that helps um, SAPs and Apple's customers to build native apps, uh, mostly on their iPhones, to access SAP backend systems and cloud systems. And so back then, there was the opportunity to create a dedicated Mac team within SAP that really not just focuses on the end user devices, but really also tries to put an emphasis on this Apple SAP partnership and also try to um, yeah, bring up the, the, the Mac topic um, and make it a little bit more visible. And so back then, we really started um, and thinking about like, okay, what should be the purpose of this of this Mac team? And based on um, SAP's purpose, we said, okay, we really want to make the world run Macs better um, and not just improve, um, let's say, like our employees' lives um, that are working with the Macs. And so what we started really very early on was that if there was the need for us where we figured out we needed to, create a new tool or needed to script something or something uh, similar along those lines uh, because there's no commercial solution out there that really fits perfectly our needs. We really always try to revisit this and said, okay, we have this great opportunity within the, let's say, like larger enterprise that we have a dedicated Mac team 
And so we're not just, let's say, like the lonely uh, Mac admin or Mac uh, fighter within a larger enterprise organization that you alluded to. And with this, we said, okay, if there is a solution that would not just fit SAP's purpose, we really try to give this back to the larger Mac admins community. And this should also be our contribution to um, not just the SAP Apple partnership, but really also the, the, the larger Mac admin space. And this is a little bit, let's say, like the backstory, how we came to the place to really revisit a lot of things um, and also make sure that this is something that can be used in other organizations. So I think if you take a closer look at the stuff that we are open sourcing, um, we have a really a focus on, okay, how can this be used in an enterprise environment? So we always try to make sure there are command line, there's a command line tool embedded in the app. So there's also something that Mac admins can use to script. We always try to make sure that if there are settings that you can manage them using an configuration profile, so it fits with whatever MDM solution that you're using. But of course, we're always figuring about, okay, there's always an end user at the end of the day. So we really focus also on the graphical user interface and that end user experience. So that we, when we put in the effort to really, let's say, like productize an internal solution, we really want to make sure that this is something um, that fits perfectly for the enterprise needs of the Mac admins, as well as then, of course, of all the Mac users in that enterprise setting. This episode of Apple at Work is sponsored by Mosul. Deploying, managing, and protecting Apple devices at work shouldn't be difficult or require several solutions. Mosul is the only Apple unified platform for business. By combining enhanced device management, endpoint security, internet privacy and security, single sign-on, enhanced app management into a single Apple-only platform, businesses can now easily and automatically deploy, manage, protect their Apple devices automatically with one solution at an affordable price. With a solution for every business size and the best support in the market, start a free 30-day trial and see firsthand why Mosul is more than an Apple MDM. Mosul is everything you need to work with Apple. To learn more, visit business.mosul.com. That's business.mosyle.com. Thanks to Mosul for sponsoring Apple at Work this week. Well, and I think what you said there at the end really hit home with me about thinking about the end user. And I think that's probably the difference in what a lot of the IT teams think about today versus maybe they did. 10 years ago, 10, 12 years ago, like, you know, it used to be very much like keeping things working and keeping things secure. And and it's not that that's not a focus today, but we, we all understand that technology, the use of technology and the ease of use is a key part of productivity. So we can't just build things that are, you know, meet the first two, like stays and works and also secure, like it must be easy to use and, and really fun to use. And I think, you know, that's how things have evolved. And I think it's really, really cool that what you all have done. Um, so let's just, let's talk about the apps. And again, we'll have links to all these in the show notes. Like again, so if you're an Apple IT admin, like you can, you can use these today for free, no cost. Uh, first one is this icon generator. What, what problem did this set to solve? Oh yeah. So this um, uh, actually goes back to um back when uh, Champ was still called Casper Suite. <laughs> and um, it all started um, as a joke, quite frankly, um, because um, back then, self-service um, supported uh, animated PNG files. And so we had this idea that if we provide an uninstallation policy in self-service, that we would really like to have the 
jiggle animation that you that people know from the iPhones or if they install something from the Mac App Store and want to delete this. Um, and then, of course, we noticed that, okay, like creating those um, animated PNGs is quite an effort. So it would be great if we could um, automate this. And this was basically the idea how we said, okay, we want a tool where we can quickly um, drag and drop apps and really get specific um, image files that we can then use for not just documentation purpose, but also um, for um, self-service in our case for, for Champ. And um, an iteration of this was then based on a lot of feedback. We were like, okay, let's implement a command line tool so that people can use this in, in their own workflows, for example, to then extract app icons. No, it, the Casper suite. That's if you know what the Casper suite is, that they'll aid you. Uh, it's hard to believe. In fact, I remember I was one of Jamp's first clients to go with Jamp Cloud, and, and so much like I had um, the company acronym then URL. I was like a three digit. It is a really, really known three digit. But it was you know, most at the time. It was most people doing on premises deployments. Now, the second thing is a um, Mac OS enterprise privileges. What is what is this application? When you go through airport security, there's one line where the TSA agent checks your ID and another line where machines scans your bag. The same thing happens in enterprise security. But instead of passengers and luggage, it's end users and their devices. These days, most companies are pretty good at the first part of the equation where they check user identity. But user devices can roll right through automation but user devices can roll right through authentication with but user devices can roll right through authentication without getting inspected at all in fact 47% of companies allow unmanaged untrusted devices to access their data that means employees can log in from a laptop that has its firewall turned off or hasn't been updated in 6 months or worse that laptop might belong to a bad actor using employee credentials collide finally solves the device trust Collide finally solves the device trust problem. Collide ensures that no device can log into your Octa-protected apps unless it passes your security checks. Plus, you can use Collide on devices without MDM, like your Linux fleet, contractor devices, and every BYOD phone and laptop in your company. To learn more about Collide and to watch a demo, visit collide.com slash apple at work. That's C-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash Apple A-T work. Thanks to Collide for sponsoring Apple at work this week. Um, yeah, so I think this is probably our most popular app um, today. And this was also the first app that we that we open sourced. Um, <clears throat> and again, it's a quite interesting uh, backstory to this because um, from a technical perspective, you would call this um, um enterprise privilege management tools so basically elevating end user rights. And normally those tools are getting brought into an enterprise context if the question comes up as, okay, how can we take away admin rights from end users? And we were in the situation that we wanted to enable admin rights to our end users. We were like, okay, how can we easily make sure they have admin rights whenever they need them? And based on this idea, we had we came up with this okay let's create like an uh, an, an app so it, it can be used offline you can place it in the dock it's interactive with dock tiles and this then actually became the the privileges app and um in the beginning it wasn't open source i think the first two versions we only had internally and a lot of people asked us about it so um also a lot of people in in the team 
Um, Rich Troughton is probably the most uh, uh, well-known in the Mac admin community, of course, also regularly talks about what we are doing at different Mac admin conferences. And a lot of people came up to us and said, hey, this is a very cool solution. We would really like to use this in our, env our environment. And so this was then um, basically the first priority when we um, made sure that we can open source this. Of course, based on a lot and lot of um, uh, feedback from all the um, different um, customers out there of the tool, we, of course, added features like the command line tool as well, more configuration settings. So probably... 80% of the features that you can set on this app is nothing that we use internally, but it's just based on uh, on feedback from the community out there. Yeah, we covered this uh, app back in, gosh, I think it was 2019. We, I covered it on 9 to 5 Mac. And yeah, that's, that's the, it's the rub of like, it, it is possible. It, it's a, like if you don't want to run as a, as a local admin on the Mac, like you can still do so much, but there are times when it's like, it does bump in. So this is kind of that nice, you know, nice, you know, middle ground between like running as a standard user for the majority of the time. But if you need to be a local admin, there's kind of a, a IT approved way to do that. Um, next up on the list is uh, backgrounds. So this is a more fun one. What, what do we have here? Yeah. Um, again, this started as a very, very small solution and idea within the team. So um, uh, a topic that I think every Mac admin at one point in time has to deal with is like, okay, custom background with, let's say, like a company logo or so. Um, and I mean, it's quite easy if you have, let's say, like one type of device or screen solution that you need to support. But we quickly ran into the um, yeah, challenge that we said, okay, we really don't know what the what solution people are using. We also didn't have standardized monitors back then. And then um, as part of a conversation, the idea came up with, wouldn't it be great if we would always have a pixel-perfect background picture per device? So basically a background picture that gets calculated in real time when we want to set that uh, background. And so we've, I think, also like 2016, 2017, built this internally. And of course, as the time went on and we um, presented, again, lots of people came up to us and said like, oh, that was it's very interesting. The way how you solve this, is this something that, that you would like to open source? Um, and based on that initial discussion, the idea came up to yeah, really do something that's a little bit more fun. So also, again, an idea that was only, let's say, like where, where the solution was only placed from a Mac admin's perspective, that's completely script-based and so on, to really think about, okay, how can an end-user interface look like? And so this was a side project, I think, that ran for almost a year um, until we came up with something where an end-user has the possibility to customize colors, um, select logos, but at the same time, admins can also then say, okay, I only want that people use those certain logos and those are, um, let's say, like certain restrictions, um, um, but it's something that people can use um, to really create their own corporate um, desktop background now. And at the same time, it also has the capabilities that solved our original needs. So um, it can be used in conjunction with MDM profiles and um, also a command line tool to really set and create 
um, um, corporate desktop backgrounds on the fly on the fleet of Macs. Well, and again, this is, if you think of not just unusual devices, but if you have kiosk type devices too, this could be pretty critical. Um, so um, next up on the list is a, a script to package, uh, you know, an app to application. What do we, what do we have here? This is one I've, yeah. I've not, you know, script to package. I'm not familiar with it as much. So pretend like I've never heard of it before. What okay, problem sure. is it solving? So, um, um, most of the Mac admins out there are probably familiar with this, that um, you, there are some times where um, you just want to deploy a script, but depending on your solution, you cannot just, let's say, like execute a, a script. You would need to um, put this into a payload tree package. And there are some tools out there um, that that, that help you create those tools. But of course, in recent years, there have been additional requirements that came from Apple. So you want to sign your package and um, I want to notarize this. And so you basically end up with uh, multiple tools at the same time. And um, this then led to um, the idea of, okay, let's just start from scratch and build something um, completely new and native that also guides an admin through um, making sure that you set all the requirements with your Apple ID, that you can actually notarize something that has nice drag and drop features so that you can um, just select, I don't know, like 20 scripts at the same time and make sure that you get 20 um, flat packages out there in, in no time. Um, and again, this was something where we said, okay, this um, uh, is something that we also um, think there's a lot of need out there and not just for us. Um, and so that people might know, don't need to, let's say, like use two or three different um, tools that they have at the moment or don't need to open the terminal and use multiple command line tools to this and also as something that guides people through this whole experience of setting this up. And something that we are very proud of um, is that this is probably the only tool that we have where we put a lot of effort into the native help that's part of that tool because this is really also like a documentation for Mac admins around the topic of flat packages and signing and notarizing those as well. Yeah. I mean, I think it's so much of what an IT team runs through is like a repeatable process that they can kind of trust. And I think that's a huge part of training too. So this will help with that. Um, last one that we want to cover is uh, power monitoring. This is, I believe, your newest application. Uh, and I, I think it's really, really cool and very, very timely. Uh, what is power monitor? Um, yeah, so that's really our latest um, uh, um, public release on GitHub power monitor um, and we already received so much feedback and I can already share some of the exciting updates that will come in the next in the next version um, so power monitor all started with um, um, probably a topic that most people are currently facing in their enterprise environment that it of course it makes sense these days to also have um, some environmental goals and a big goal for us is that um, at SAP, we also sell solutions where people can really have a look on their supply chain from a, let's say, environmental perspective or CO2 emission perspective. And soon the question came up, okay, if we look at our end user devices, how much or what's the power consumption? What's the actual power consumption that they have? So Apple have released um, really great documentation on apple.com slash environment. And you 
can download nice PDFs and have an idea of the overall power consumption. Um, um, if you look at the life cycle of the Mac or the typical power consumption and all of that, and what the CO2 footprint is. But if you really want to have real data, it's very hard to get that information. And so the first thing that that, that we did um, together with, a, um, let's say, like a green IT task force within SAP, we just looked at commercial tools. And pretty soon we saw, okay, there's nothing that that fits perfectly for us. So you have things that are, let's say, like, expensive on the one hand side and then you have things that might be even for free but they have but they produce a lot of overhead on the device and i think power consumption is a very interesting topic because you don't really want to actually add to the problem um, of the co2 footprint of the device and so as part of a poc we actually ended up um, then with um, a tool where we could visualize something to the end users but at the same time have um, no, I have an option that has no graphical user interface so that we can create, for example, an extension attribute on our champ server to have to really, um, also collect all of that information from our Mac fleet. And this is a little bit the backstory, um, to Power Monitor. And so the feature set that Power Monitor currently has is that, of course, you can get the, the power consumption, visualize this, but at the same time, it's also possible to do the CO2 calculation already on the device itself. And for this, we As support for, two options. It's very cool. So you're able to, you know, let's say you've got a fleet of Macs. Are you able to collect all of that data back, you know, for entire visualizes across your entire fleet? You know, obviously you're installing this, you know, locally on the computer, but are you able to visualize this for enti- your entire fleet? That's right. So what we can do at the moment is that um, um, with this um, option to have no uh, with this no graphic user interface option, basically the co- a command line equivalent, um, we can collect the daily values and store this, as I said, like for example, on the Champ server. And then um, in our case, we take this from the Champ server um, and then visualize this um, so we can really see um, how things um, evolve over time. And um, something that we also introduced in the first version is the calculation um, into the CO2 footprint of the device. And for this, we support the option on the one hand side to use APIs from from two um, service providers um, for this. And this is a pretty cool and nifty feature. So Power Monitor actually um, requests the location to have a rough idea where it is and uses the API to really get real-time data in terms of, let's say, like um, uh, what type of power is actually currently um, feed it into the power grid and with that information can uh, calculate the, the CO2 um, footprint or in a corporate environment and it's something that, that we use internally that we basically have a table on a yearly basis that we basically say okay this is in that country the CO2 equivalent um, and uh, you can manage this using a configuration profile so if you already have such a table in in your enterprise then this is something that you can very simply set up already um, and push out in as a configuration profile and have the calculation on the device itself and can also visualize this to the end user. Well, I think this is really cool. I mean, you could even see like dashboards being built off this data uh, because you can collect it. I think that's, I really think this may be end up being your one of your more critical open source applications because the ability to correlate all this data, pull it in, and visualize it, and t- really have an understanding of like you know, okay, we're 
you know, especially if you start tracking it year over year. So let's say a company decided like, hey, we're going to move from the MacBook Pro to the MacBook Air because the M3 is so powerful. Obviously, the power consumption is different there. And like be able to see like, okay, but this decision to deploy the MacBook Air is lowering our energy costs by X. Um, it really could be really, really interesting data when you're you know, monitoring over a couple of years. Um, yes, and also based on the um, first feedback that we got after we released it. Um, so, um, as I mentioned, we're already working on version 1.1. 1 .1, um, and two features I want to highlight is that um, one feedback that we got from lots of people um, was in regards to the to the max dark wake mode. So, basically, in those um, cases, and I think that was introduced with macOS Lion, if I'm not mistaken. Again, that dates me now a little bit. Um, that um, even if you have a laptop and the lid is closed or the, basically the display is off, the device still wakes up from time to time to do certain things. Um, and this is also information that we now can visualize and that can be used in the future. You can really see like, okay, um, is, there may, is there maybe even a potential in um, yeah, saving, <laughs> savings or in terms of let's say like lowering the power consumption uh, and how often is the device actually... Um, um, doing work while it's not really in use and might this be something where you want to tweak some of the energy settings and now you also have a way to really um, calculate this afterwards and the second feature that i want to highlight there goes hand in hand with this and this is electricity costs so there was something that we got where people were like okay maybe it's not so fitting in a large-scale enterprise environment but where you can really also set um, a, a value for whatever the um, a kilowatt hour is uh, costing these days um, and then you can also visualize this and say okay like this is the amount of money that this mac um, has produced so far very cool very cool um this is fantastic and i, and I really want to say on behalf of the entire apple admins community like thank you all for your donations to the the greater good here with these free open source tools we're going to have a link to every one of them in the show notes like again totally free to go try out now again just to clarify no no support here so like you can't you can't go slide into you know harold's dms on linkedin needing help um these are these are released as is but i think you'll find these are uh, very very good so they're all on uh, sap's github um page we'll have again we'll have a link to everyone individually in the show notes so again go check it out uh this is how you do open source and i think it's fantastic you know it's, it's building internally and then giving to the community so it's fantastic uh harold any parting words as we wrap up the episode um, yeah, first, I really want to say thank you to the Mac admins community for their support and feedback over the last couple of years. And once again, I can really encourage everyone to really download those apps um, and take a look. And also those download numbers is, let's say, like our internal currency to really continue and working on those apps. So the more you download those apps, the more time we can invest uh, and the more apps we can also create and share going forward. Awesome. Well, again, check the show notes and we'll have a link to everything. And uh, as y'all do some more cool things, we'll have you back on the show, Harold. And uh, thanks, everybody. And have a great day.